following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang Bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 15 the pwt cast my name is scrump and this is stank stank we've made it to 15 episodes who would have thought right who would have thought yeah that's like what three months now we've been doing this that's about right yeah holy shit uh well welcome everybody welcome to the pwt cast all your new listeners and uh all you friends of the show have been around since episode zero yeah. um it's been it's been so crazy this week not 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 as much as last week or the week before with like crazy wrestling i guess there's been a lot of crazy been a little bit of like wrestling. wrestling uh but more so just uh a lot of um we're gonna get right to it marvel news but yeah. actually before we get to that uh we need to plug the the official sponsor of the show see uh this show wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the the nice boys and girls over at freelance wrestling friends of the show friends of the show especially matt nix you know he uh he has a new podcast yes my violet tendencies yes episode one is available right now uh you know itunes i assume he has it on all the platforms i would hope so at least yeah uh but my my violet tendencies the first episode is with uh matt nix and um chris castro craig mitchell and it was pretty fun i'm not sure if you had the chance to I listen had a to chance it yet. yet no it was i explained to him i'm like it was not that long maybe like 40 45 minutes but it's one of those shows where i just felt like i was right there with him in the I've been for the most part in the car yeah, right there say, with them when yeah. they've had these conversations and it's it's really fun. The song uh his intro was produced by uh Kevin Aldridge who has helped us with our yeah. uh fan of the week theme and uh some some other stuff and so go check it out. It's it's a really yeah. catchy song has been stuck in my head since I listened to well, it. Well, and like the cool connection to the show is like you know we were all talking about before we started the podcast, you know, it was me, you and Nick were talking about it and you know he did it some podcasting before and you know he actually told me he said watching you guys having fun podcasting made me want to start doing it again so yeah it, and it's fun hearing that like i i was listening to over the weekend um but before we get into that really quick <laughs> the show's brought to you by freelance wrestling yeah. their next show is the good the bad and the smiley which features the return on of well technically last month uh she returned but kylie ray she's back and uh the show will be Friday, November 22nd. Doors open at 8. Show starts at 9. Tickets are available at FreelanceWrestling.com. As I was listening to, uh, Kevin Smith did a podcast a while back, but he just put it out recently with Justin Long, and mm-hmm. so much fun. Like and That little Tusk reunion? <laughs> yeah. Like it's well, hashtag walrus, yes. Yeah. Uh, which, oh, man, it's, this place is going to go all over the place. <laughs> I posted uh, maybe two, three days ago uh, on my story there's a specific scene from Tusk that always just like fucks me up. And for those of you unaware of Tusk, uh, Tusk is a movie that Kevin Smith made uh, a few years back now uh, about a podcaster, the first podcaster in any movie. Now podcasters starting to become yeah. more prevalent, but Kevin Smith has that uh, claim to fame that he was the first person. He was the first person to use the noise snicked for Wolverine's claws in a movie in 1995's Mallrats. Yeah. So that's his claim to fame. Um, also, he's uh, the first person to put a podcaster as the main lead or in in a movie. Blazing Trails. Exactly. But uh, so the movie's um, starts Justin Long. He's a podcaster. He goes up to Canada. Then uh, through a series of unfortunate events, <laughs> meets this very eccentric man and 
without beating with, without without beating around the bush, he gets turned into a walrus. Yeah, Johnny Depp shows up uh, as a detective, and it's just science went too far on this one. Yeah, you could definitely tell if you go back and listen to one of the episodes of Smodcast where him and Scott Moser come up with the uh, with the concept of it. It's amazing see it come yeah. to film like and they're like fuck it we should make this well i so i put i put a specific scene uh of that movie in my like instagram story and i woke up to like it was 13 messages i thought i thought someone was dead yeah like i was like oh fuck because i never happened? just get 13 messages like on instagram message least of all you know if anyone needs to contact me they do that through text or they call me but everyone was everyone was either oh that movie's fucked up and I hate it or that movie's fucked up and I love it, <laughs> which is what I love about like most Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. A lot of people are typically like oh I really love that or I really hate that. I love everything in the View of Skin universe, you know. Yeah, Tusk is good. It is pretty fucked up though. Oh yeah, it, I mean, like my favorite thing about it is like they did not shy away from the fact that like yes, Justin Long straight up gets turned into a walrus like. Yeah. F- like 20 30 minutes into the film and it's pretty gross well and you see now as like a podcaster i'm afraid to go to canada yeah because i frequent going to canada you're you're a nice young boy you wouldn't be uh justin long was kind of a dickhead in that movie to be fair kind of yeah uh it was one would say a pussy hound yeah but uh regardless the um i posted that and everyone was just like ah and it got me like thinking of um justin long was essentially for the most part talking about how like oh yeah he kind of got into podcasting because of kevin smith and that's even something that i got into with kevin when when we talked you know we were off mic where i was like yeah dude you put out so many of them and we were talking like i was like yeah man these are like uh you know plus one like oh just shows that he doesn't even do anymore and he like i felt like he could tell like this guy's fucking you know he's in deep he's in deep uh but it's always fun so go give the boys podcast to listen to um I've had very little time to watch anything, but I, I listened to this show because, yeah, I've had very few time to, like, watch anything, but I, I went out of my way to listen to that show. Um, speaking of not being able to watch anything, I haven't been able to fucking watch The Watchmen. I know. I heard about your uh, internet troubles. It's, so, I, I, yeah, we spoke yeah. about this earlier during lunch. I, the internet's been acting up in our building, like, and so it's fine, like, I have plenty of DVDs and Blu-rays, so I can just watch stuff, plus, I've been working super fucking late this week, so I haven't even had, realistically, enough time to watch anything, but that new Terminator movie's out, and I've only seen the best Terminator movie, which is the third one, and for all of you guys who are getting upset right now, the whole premise of these movies is, Judgment Day is coming, which is the only one in which it actually comes the third one so don't sense. don't flood my dms and <laughs> and message me telling me about how i know i know and i will watch one and two which is what i tried to do this week but internet was down wasn't working so i will at some point watch him because i want to go watch the new one in theaters which i hear mixed reviews about but i've not really been much of a review guy myself like if I, yeah, I mean the the thing about Terminator is like especially lately it seems like they're always trying to reset the timeline, so I I hear that there's some vibes of that in the movie. Well, talking about resetting timelines, I what I did manage to watch uh, was X two X Men two and X Men three. Yeah, which I will say X two still holds up. X2's like right. that opening scene, it's like so badass. Yeah. It's just Nightcrawler and then 
the one scene that always gets to me, even as a kid, where I was like, fuck yeah, it's when uh, they go back to I, uh, Bobby's house, Iceman, and uh, his brother, being fucking little piece of shit, calls the cops on his on his brother. He's like, yeah, these mutants you guys are looking for, they're here. So they all show up, and then the one cop shoots Wolverine in the head, and they're like, everyone put your hands up. And then fucking Byros is like, you know all those dangerous mutants you hear about on the news? I'm the worst one of them. And just starts lighting motherfuckers up. Yeah. Like, that's always, like, badass. Um, X3, not so much. X3 was with Dark Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. The, the end is the best. Well, the bridge scene, too, where he just oh, yeah. lifts up the bridge. That that was always that was pretty fun. I always thought it was pretty fun. Um, Doctor Sleep's coming out this week. Yeah, I'm. I really want to go watch that. Um, I love The Shining. For any of you guys who know me, I love The yeah. Shining. All about it. I might. I bought this like very cheesy. It's a it's a sweater, but it's the pattern. The Overwatch. The rug Overwatch pattern. rug pattern. I might wear that to go watch it. I don't know yet. I'm uh, I'm I'm in talks with different people where I'm like, I go watch this myself but i have several people who are like i don't want to go by myself can you want to go with me and i'm like all right this is my availability like as if i'm so important but just with work yeah. i'm like this is when i can go let me know and we'll fucking go so next week there will for sure be a review of dr sleep because <laughs> i'm gonna go fucking watch it i tried to read the book i don't think i've ever actually watched the shining all the way through to be honest with you Ooh, we've had this conversation not the biggest stanley kubrick fan um i think he can be a little pretentious at times of course who the fuck am I, right, compared to con- one of, considered one of the greatest directors of all time? But You're better than Kubrick. Huh? I've seen, you your, so? I've seen your art. You're oh, way better well, than Kubrick. I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I had a hard time getting through it. I, I find a lot of the Kubrick movies to be, like, slow and plotting. And so I get the gist. I know what happens in The Shining, but um, I'll tell you, Dr. Sleep looks a lot more exciting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. Well, I've, I've done this new thing where I... I I watched the first trailer and was like, yeah, that's it. That's fine. I don't need yeah. to see anything more. I tried to read the book. I was as busy as I am. I yeah. realistically, got time? I, yeah, I didn't have time, but I, I'm going to go back and reread it afterwards because I don't know. I mean, just, I want to compare and contrast the two. I always think it's better when you watch the movie. So you know what you can expect. Like sometimes you're reading a book and you're like, where's this going? But like, if you watch a movie, you can kind of gauge where you're at in the story. And yeah, it's always fun to compare the source material i'll definitely be doing that but um speaking of doctors i don't know if you read it or not um lo- you know the the low-key disney plus tv show mm-hmm. they're working on so apparently kevin feige let it slip that that show is also going to connect to doctor strange and the method of madness or whatever it's called the multiverse of madness multiverse yeah. of madness yeah yeah well i figured you know spoiler alert loki's jumping around probably in the time stream so, so it would, of course, catch the attention yep. of, you know, Doctor Strange who's monitoring all those situations and stuff. Yeah. And I love me some Loki. So, you know, the more I see of him. Yeah. Because, to, like, to be honest, I think that Loki, along with, like, She-Hulk were the two shows where I was like, don't, nah. nah, don't really care for. But it was mostly because, like, the premise of the Loki show where, like, he's just going around and messing with time. He's being mischievous. I was like, huh. Yeah, I don't know. I always thought as a youngster, like reading Thor comics, I didn't read a lot of Thor comics, but anytime Loki came up, he was just this lanky, nerdy, like, I'm the trickster. And you're like, ugh, how corny is that? So, but uh, no, I mean, Loki in the MCU. Oh, I love Tom Hiddleston. Pretty I, great. Like, and he's a handsome boy. Oh, I was 
boy is he handsome. Yeah. I uh, I always watch the scene at the beginning of uh, Infinity War where I, I love it so much where, yeah. he, where he's talking to Thanos and he and I forgot what what exactly it is but Thanos is like yeah he goes or Thanos says something and Loki's like yeah we have a Hulk and then yeah. Hulk just because it's per, it just comes full circle yep. you know uh, and, or when like Loki's or when uh, Thanos is crushing at him he's, he's just looking at his brother mm. like it'll be okay and he gets ugh He's like the sun will rise on us again. The sun will rise on us again. Oh, God, yep. I'm, I'm, it's so I'm getting good. emotional thinking about that. Um, but that's a uh, Scrump and Stinks movie corner. Yeah, movie I was wondering how long it would be before we got into fucking movies right away. Which is, I'm sorry, it's our thing. You know, we, we like movies. This is what Stink and I do. Yeah. You know, for the most part, We're just a bunch of youngsters just watching a bunch movies. Of youngsters. Um, but we mentioned wrestling earlier. I mean, this is the Pro Wrestling D's podcast. Sure. Uh, they're still going on with the NXT Invasion thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're filming now for Friday. Yeah, they're for, in the for UK, later right? on. They're in the UK. Yeah. So I don't care. I'm gonna start spoilers. Um, Revival lost the tag belts. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, We're not the biggest fans of that decision here at the shop. Definitely not because I have not gone to a WWE not um takeovers not counting. Right. I'm talking about like the seven hour fucking. The, the main oh, those main deal. roster shows since wrestlemania and that was like the the straw that broke the camel's back because i sat there for fucking six days or whatever however long the fucking show was and just wasn't fun no. like that wrestlemania <clears throat> was not fun it killed my enjoyment of like main roster shows yeah and it sucks like the last couple of wrestlemanias have been like that too and it's like that's now i don't get to a lot of, watch a lot of wwe but that's like the one thing i'm like wrestlemania and royal rumble mm-hmm. right and WrestleMania has been a snooze fest lately. A giant fart. A giant, giant wet fart. Noise. fart. Yeah. Uh, and I was excited to go to Survivor Series. It's here in Chicago. I've been trying to get my buddy Braden Harrington right. of the Up Next podcast, who's a beautiful friend of the show, friend of the show whose beautiful instrumentals you hear up front, um, along with Sarah Joy Shockey's beautiful voice. Yeah. Uh, but I've been trying to convince him to come down for takeover. I'm like, listen, you can crash. You can crash in my room. You can crash on my couch, wherever. Like, I uh, I'm podcasting with him next week yeah. or this week when you hear it. Um, I'll, I'm not sure exactly what day the show or recording comes out. I think Thursday, but I'll, I'll let you guys know. Um, but I've been trying to convince him to come down here specifically because I think him and Matt Nix would be like best friends. Yeah. Like just having been around both of them, I'm like, Ooh, you two will, they're both kings. They're both kings of karaoke. Oh, well, there you so go. So I want to, I want to go get them fucking nice and lit yeah. and then take them to karaoke. Um, but I, I was telling him, I was like, I don't think I'm going to do Survivor Series. And then I saw that they announced Triple Threat Tag, Undisputed Era versus uh, War Raiders versus um, The Revival. Which would have been a barn burner. Dude. Some of, that's some great wrestling right there. Dude. That was legitimately the sole reason I was like, yep. I'm fucking going. Especially because ta- I was talking with Matt Nix because he wanted to take his girlfriend, Nicole, there. And I was like, ah, I don't think I want to go. And I was legitimately, I was like, fuck it, let's go. But now, mm. and I know it sounds like such like a, like a whiny fucking thing to whine about, but I just don't care for anything else on the match. Brock versus Ray. Guess what? Brock's yeah. winning. Yeah. Uh, and he's leaving early. Shayna's probably going to tap Bailey. Yeah. Don't even know what else is on the card, but honestly, like. Well, and even in that triple threat match, it's like out of all those three teams, which I, now it's the new days in there. Out of those three teams, which one doesn't belong? 
clearly New Day. I'm right, like, they're out of their element. I'm sorry. I've I've been over the New Day for the longest. I love yeah. I love Biggie. I love Kofi. I love Xavier Woods. Yeah. I just don't want to see them. It's old now. It's, it's tired. Old. Yeah, it's old. It's tired. Um, just like can we can't we do something more creative with these three people than yeah. keep milking that fucking New Day cash yeah. cow that pancakes like, and cereals and. Well, fucking whatever yeah but um i'm i'm excited for takeover well that whole week is like takeover and then the next week after that uh aew yep it's gonna be uh, my friend kelsey i mentioned her before kelsey friend of the show lover lover to death uh she was telling me earlier because we were talking about war games and she's like oh yeah i'm gonna do this wrestling show and then that wrestling show and then this wrestling show she's like i'm preparing myself for fucking hell week and i'm like god bless you kelsey because i can maybe do like two wrestling shows now and then but also this was me and this after like three four years of me doing like that mania weekend where i show up on like a wednesday or thursday and come back monday you were running it pretty hard for a while (sighs) was i ever like there was a strong there was a while where like newer friends that i was like making were like oh you do this every like i I mentioned her last week gabby gabby cupcakes who also like we mentioned that she makes these beautiful custom cakes mm-hmm. uh hit her up on instagram gabby cupcakes yeah get some uh, cakes get some cake because i'm gonna i'm going i'm gonna have her make, do a pwt cast one for like our one year anniversary i'll i'll gladly partake and just you and i get to eat it everyone else can watch us yeah maybe people at the shop you know who, what it's been three months and i have a feeling there are people doubting we would last i think even ryan was doubting that's why he's like yeah go ahead and do it and just watch you fizzle out we're going strong. And you know what? In those three months, the amount of the guests we've procured, Hornswoggle, Kevin great. Smith, Jason Muse, Ethan Page, Ethan Page, Braden Harrington, fucking John Pollock, Waiting, Marvelous Matt Nix. Yeah. And we've got guest appearances by Kenny Omega, uh, MJF, stupid motherfucker. Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull. Eternal friend of the show. Eternal friend of the show. Yeah. You um, know what? We're, we're, we're coming for Joe Rogan. We're going to get on Joe Rogan's yeah. show. I'm going to mark this before. Name a wrestling podcast that has had that much quality in such a small span of time. Exactly. There's none. None. We are the elite. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're not. No, but we we definitely had a, we've had a good time like doing this and it's not something we plan on stopping anytime soon. We've actually been setting up some interviews. I talked to uh, more women. More women on the show. More women. There's not been like an outcry of like, we need more women. It's generally just been us. Like we want to get more women because yeah. there's this common misconception that like only men like wrestling. Yeah. No. Not at all. No. Like, there's a lot of great women wrestlers. A lot of great women wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. So you we'll know. definitely, uh, you know, we're gonna get some more. Yeah. Uh, some nice ladies. We're gonna get some more women on the show. Yeah. Some nice ladies. Um, but let's get into our interview this week. We had we had the privilege of talking to Killer Cross. Yes. What a fucking dude. Like very cool guy. And we, we go into it on, on the podcast. Uh Vinny, friend of the show, former mm-hmm. guest. He is the kind of person who he'll talk somebody up. You know, he'll say, mm-hmm. Hey, this is my buddy this is my buddy Stank. Yep. Great fucking dude. And he'll just, you know, he gets right to the point. He you truly know, supports. Truly supports people. Yeah. Like when I first started working here. He would constantly tell me about his friend Kevin Cross. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's an indie wrestler, like he's really good. You know, he's doing this, this, and that. And it's like, awesome, cool. And then he he slowly became uh, bigger and bigger and became Killer Cross. 
And that's when I got, like, it was his Lucha Underground stuff where I got exposed to him. And I was like, oh, shit, like, this guy's yeah. awesome. And then Vinny told me how, like, quick he was to hop on board and help with uh, the horror pop-up shop that he yep. did. and That we did a live show at, too. That we did a live show. Sold it out, actually. I, yeah. uh, very quickly, I, I, I was, I caught up with a friend on Sunday, last Sunday. You, I, when I, uh, I left your house to record. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we, uh. And it's okay. I can tell the story because she's not going to listen. Uh, I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, like we had this like horror pop up shop, and she was like, get the what? I was like, well, it wasn't ours. It was, yeah. Our friend hosted it. We were on there. We had a live show, and we hadn't spoken in like a while. And she's like, dude, like she's just blowing up my head. Where I was, just, she was like, you did a live show at like a horror theme pop up shop. Like that's so fucking awesome. And yeah. Like in my head, I wouldn't be like, it wasn't like we filled the fucking like yeah. Logan Square Auditorium. You know, it was a, but. But we did pack, you know, pack the joint out the, sp- the space yeah. that we had. We packed it out, you know. Yeah. And but it was still like weird. Someone, someone telling me like I was very happy this summer when uh, Davey Portman and Braden Harrington, uh, I mentioned they they had their first like live show for their Up Next podcast. Yep. And they sold it out, and it was like like fifty to like eighty people in there. Yeah. Um, and I was just I was so happy for them, so proud for them. But like when we sold out our show and it was like a good like what do you think like 40 yeah 40 50 people. 40 50 people there and i'll tell you going in there i was like oh what if like it's always your biggest fear when you do something like that and you take a risk that like one person's there or nobody and i gotta tell you I, as soon as we sat down we just saw people filing in and all the seats were full we're like oh yeah all right yeah turned into fun but it's like it's, it was weird to me like you know they they had they had some more people than us, but I was like so proud for them and for us. I was like I was just happy they showed up. Yeah. Like I guess it's not the same feeling. Like if we ever, when we do our second live show, of which we, which we will, yeah. it's not a matter of if it's more when. Um, but when we get to that, like uh, I'll definitely I think I'll be more appreciative. Not that I wasn't appreciative this time, but I was just like thank God you yeah. guys showed up. Um, but yeah, Killer Cross. We had the you know we talked to him and very like. Maybe 10 minutes into talking to him, I was like, okay. Yeah, this guy knows some stuff. Like, I see exactly what Vinny meant. Yeah. And, like, the coolest fucking dude. And, again, if you're listening to this in hopes of, like, any any uh, information. Any, any dirt. Any dirt, any scoops. No, we don't get into any We're of that. We're not a dirt yeah, podcast. We wanted to talk, yeah, we wanted to talk to him and, you know, like, get into his mind. And he's a very smart and articulate person. Yeah. Very... Which sounds like a backhanded compliment, but like you see a guy like that, big, jacked, covered in tattoos, and like his name's Killer. Mm-hmm. You know, you think, oh, he's just a meathead, but no, he's, this guy was articulate. He uh, was passionate, and you could tell he put a lot of thought into his character. Yeah, he's very, it's very interesting hearing how he, how he chose about like picking his character and like how he wants to present himself. I kept calling him Bane. Yeah, because he's, he's very, a perfect Bane. He's very much Bane. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into our interview this week with uh, Killer Cross. All right, with us today we have Killer Cross. Uh, this guy's been blowing up all over the wrestling scene right now. Yep. I was watching your stuff at uh, Josh Barnett's uh, Bloodsport and fucking killing it. But my favorite thing is that not only is are you an amazing wrestler, but you're into horror movies as well as comic books, which here at the PWT cast, that's right up our alley. Something that we love. Yeah. So which came first wrestling or like the amalgam of horror movies and comics? Cause it seems that 
those things just go hand in hand with each other. I'm going to say wrestling came first, but it may have been really kind of closer on the same time. Um, a lot of people won't understand this, but you guys probably will. Maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. I won't speak on behalf of anyone, but the things that we come in contact with uh, throughout our lives, especially as children, wind up designing uh, a, a lot of how our imagination kind of winds up working. You know, like if you have a very uh, conventional upbringing and you're not exposed to a lot, well, you may wind up growing up to have a very conventional imagination. Yeah, for sure. You know, so. I grew up uh, having access to wrestling on television, and um, I just remember my fascination with horror movies began in the uh, VHS store. Remember VHS? Yep. Yeah. For, for those of you guys who were born, uh, I don't know, when the, before the year 2000, you could go into a physical brick-and-mortar store. Rent a big-ass tape. Rent right. as many movies as you wanted. And that was like the thing people looked forward to on the weekends was like mm -hmm. going to yep. a rental store. It's so crazy. It came anyway. So, um, seeing the collection of graphic horror covers on the VHS tapes, uh, the one that stuck out to me the most as a child was evil dead, mm -hmm. you know, the skull, with the, the skull. Eyeballs. Yeah. I had no idea what the hell that was forever. And actually when I saw the film, so many years later from when I was a kid, I didn't realize that was even the VHS cover until, I don't know, I was talking about it one day and somebody put two and two together. Oh, I did see the movie. But uh, yeah, the horror movie stuff, I mean, it, you know, 80s, early 90s uh, was a really cool time for horror films because I, I feel like as film got better and technology got better, I feel like we got a little bit more um, crazier in our horror films. Mm -hmm. We kind of moved away from the original notions of what horror were as in like Edgar Allan Poe mm -hmm. and some of the older fashioned storytelling of like, you know, ghosts and creepy stuff. We got into like gore and, uh, I don't know, random violence and just gratuitous stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I feel like a lot of like, there's been a, a lot of older, more, old school horror movies that are coming out now you kind of have like the witch a lot of those like a24 movies blumhouse they put out a lot of those which because there was for a while where horror movies were coming out and it was just a lot of cgi a lot of a lot of shock a lot of remakes a lot of rehash stories that you've already heard and it was for the like the saw franchise the first one was i thought was like revolutionary mm -hmm. you know the first time you see him spoiler alert the first time you see him get up at the end and he was there the whole time, you're like, oh, my God, this was amazing. The whole concept of he's putting these people through traps. I thought it was really cool. Um, mm -hmm. it, it seemed like a little bit more of a grounded version of Cube, mm -hmm. if you guys remember that one. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, a throwback to just an older style of horror that was being told. It was a little bit – it wasn't so far-fetched. It didn't feel like a far-fetched film right. at all. Like it's – it's believable mm -hmm. and but you can see like with the sequels is that they i don't think they understood what made the movie so popular because they just every year just churning them every out. halloween and it became yeah. it wasn't no longer like this cool little like psychological thriller it was how can we wow them? yeah how can how can we get someone's arm stuck in a bear trap or a needle in their eye mm -hmm. in a new way but i feel like they recently like did a like a reboot of it like a soft reboot it was like jigsaw and it, it felt a little bit more like that first one and i feel like there's a lot of filmmakers out there who had to sit through 
a lot of those types of horror movies that was just scare for the for the sake of scaring someone who appreciate the art and are trying to like bring that back because there are a lot of people that don't take horror movies seriously you know mm-hmm. like there's i think like back in the day people understood okay this is a specific genre and this is something we take serious but then you come out with seven sequels to you know jason and freddy and they're like mm, okay we know what this is kind of yeah, just and then like, there's self-referential and parodies a little bit mm-hmm. but I definitely think there's an art to making a successful horror film these days. And I mean, obviously art is subjective, but you know, I see a lot where like horror movies that come out and, and I'm not speaking about any particular film in general, but there, there are some horror movies that come out where the comic relief is in time properly or it's in the wrong part of the film. And it almost kind of feels like they're trying to create too much relief or alleviation of stress for the people watching. And then the movie just... You know, could have been going great, but if it's placed at the wrong time or there's too much of it, um, people feel like they're watching something stupid. Yeah. Like a lot of horror movies, you sit down, you watch them, and you go, this is stupid. And I think that comes from not necessarily a bad plot or a bad story, but uh, poor placement of certain scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that there's a, there is a very critical art that's overlooked, I think, beyond the Hollywood pop-outs and the... Uh, that uh, shock value mm-hmm. you know and i think i mean you'll be able to speak to more to it but with the wrestling you know there's there's room in wrestling for a little bit of everything mm-hmm. you know um if some and like with horror movies if you want to watch something really gory really just not you know not more character based there's like that in wrestling if you want something more comedy you can watch that but like you mentioned if you can successfully mix a little bit of everything and do it well then it works out and you know you don't have people oh well mm, it was good but this part and like it's and it's hard with both aspects you know like there's i'm sure there's no shortage of movies where if we brought up now we can say it was really good it was oh, i was my favorite but then they got to this part yeah. and they got to that part and like as an artist you know it's like you, you take the chances to try and make that and you can't always land the 10 you know every scream the first scream i really love the next few ones uh not not as good as the first one and it's fine it's not you know uh was it sam raimi who made them or yeah sam raimi did uh a bunch of them yeah and it's after a while you know you you can't land you can't land the 10 every single time which is fine but i feel like because there's so much out there too especially like people often just "Mm, well that wasn't that great because there's a lot of a lot of movies out there that doesn't matter if they're not, you know, like Oscar winners, they're yeah. still good. Well, to me, like, you know, bringing like horror and wrestling and like scary stuff, like, you know, I like the boogeyman. He's funny, but like, he's supposed to be a scary character, but like, I can't take him seriously. But someone like you comes out and you're intense and you got that, like, to me, you're much more scary when you're, you're on the mic than like a boogeyman eating worms. And you look at that and you're like, okay, that's obviously turned into some kind of like childlike parody. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's with horror movies and with wrestling, just getting down to like some of the basics, um, and doing it right. Like, you know, like in the eighties, they had a lot of practical effects and those are like the cool thing. Like you see, um, like the thing, you know, they're, those are real things that you can see. And then you go now and you see a lot of CGI stuff. 
Well, that's why, like you, like have you guys have seen Mad Max Fury Road? Mm-hmm. I yeah. imagine. Like they're really doing. If wa- yeah, if you watch those behind the scene videos, they're doing everything that they physically could. Like the director, everything that he could get away with, yeah. he got away with it, and you can tell. And yeah, something in your brain tells you, oh, this is real. Mm-hmm. Which know? like it's fine. Like I, I like you guys. I imagine love like all the Marvel movies that come out. And that's fine. I understand that Thanos throwing a planet at Tony Stark <laughs> can't be done practically. And it's fine because of the way they do it, you know, you see and you're like, okay, that's as realistic as they could. But then you watch a lot of those like 2000s uh, superhero movies and you're like... Where they didn't know what they were doing yet? They didn't know what they were doing. And it's fine. You know, like people often forget uh, like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. They, they're good. You know, you watch them now and it's like... They're a little cheesy, a little over the top, but it's fine because that's what we knew then as opposed to now where, like, Marvel has this strategy where, you know, you can give them any property and it'll probably make, you know, a million dollars and people will really They definitely have a formula. They definitely have a formula. Uh, You mentioned earlier, uh, Cross, you're really intense. You remind me of Bane. I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah, like I saw. Yeah, I get that. I saw you retweeted uh, earlier in the week. uh, Someone did like a Photoshop, and that's like that was one thing that like drew me to you. Where I'm like, you're just like just really super intense and reminded me of Bane. Like Vinny, Vinny is someone who he brought us all here today. When he like believes in someone, like with with Julio, who worked on the the Cryptic Closet comic book with you guys, he would always just this guy's so good at you know what he does, his comics and all that. And a lot of times we have friends who are just like, oh, my buddy is really good at this, really good at that. And sometimes they're not, so you kind of just take it at face value. But then, like, we got to know Julio looked at his stuff, and we were like, fuck, this is awesome, you know? Similar with you. I've been there five years now, and, like, always he's been singing the praises of you. He's like, Killer Cross, you, you got to check out his stuff, you got to check out his stuff. So, like, when you started blowing up, that was one of those things where I was like, fuck yeah, like... It's yeah. clearly like when some when someone talented starts to you know break out and more people start to know who they are. That's always like, like we don't personally know each other. You know, we, we just met, but I'm yeah. just like, fuck yeah! Like that's one of the good ones going out there and like, uh, you know, finally starting to get noticed. Um, when you when you started, I guess brainstorming with what what approach you wanted to take with wrestling with your character. I guess more specifically. Um, was like that comic book influence of like, you know, like Bane and stuff there, or did you kind of just eventually get to that place? <clears throat> thank you, um, thank you very much. Uh, and real quick, just to touch on Vinny, uh, that guy has supported me uh, yeah. before anyone knew anything about me or who I was. Um, very good guy, really, really good dude. When he called me up for this. I was like, I don't care what I have this weekend. This is going to come before that. He has helped me out tremendously. Um, but yeah, uh, putting this whole thing together, uh, this this character, I could not even create a playbook on how to teach someone to build this something like this with Killer Cross and how it happened because it was an organic process that has literally taken five years. Like the name killer cross has been there and the development of the character has been there and the essence of the character has been there. But the development of where killer cross is today, uh, all happened first on the independence before anyone even saw him on television, because I was constantly getting things from the audience. 
uh, I had my initial inspirations like you know the original Killer Cross when it was just Kevin Cross before it became overly characterized there was hints of uh, Patrick Bateman in there from mm-hmm. American Psycho um, there was vibes of uh, for ring work UWFI the Japanese stuff you know I was always a very big fan of Old Japan New Japan and all that stuff and then there was like a sort of like a Bronson if you guys had ever seen that movie with Tom Hardy mm-hmm. oh, so super good. violent inmate based off a true story and for fun just to lighten it up a little bit of uh, I think it was No Retreat No Surrender with Jean-Claude Van Damme when he played the <laughs> evil karate guy yeah uh-huh. like when I first broke in I broke in as this uh, unhinged bodyguard for uh, a promoter in Vegas with uh, Future Stars of Wrestling so I came in with the appearance of this clean cut nice guy in a suit as a big guy and he was all smiles and everything and he would go out there and he would very calmly ask all the baby faces to follow the rules uh, condescendingly and if they didn't he would go from zero to a hundred yeah so those crazy tendencies were there Sid Pillman if you will um, and then just over time as I began to de- like to develop in the ring and I started to look at who was on the show and their character presentations and how to stand out differently it just took me in different directions like if there was anyone like killer cross on a show before he was killer cross i would not have developed in the way that i have all i was trying to do from the very beginning was offer an alternative to the independent crowd that was watching and get the best footage i possibly could knowing that i was going to be able to create a chronological order long-term channel in the future so when i did go to tv people would be able to see the history of this character and be able to really get into it in the event that I wasn't afforded time on television. Like I've had this master plan in my head Mm -hmm. and a lot of days I thought it was totally nuts and perhaps I am, but I've had this master plan in my head for a long time about how I was going to introduce this character to the world. And it's uh, it's just kind of funny because the world kind of helped me develop, you know, what it is that you're seeing today. Um, it's been super organic and, uh, hope that answered your question yeah no you de- like i can definitely tell just from like the way you're speaking about that like, this isn't just there's well, care in it yeah it's mm-hmm. just well i don't know i thought this would be cool like yeah. it, you, because it, you, you'll see a lot of wrestlers that are just like generic rage like i'm just mad and there's nothing to it but mm-hmm. i'm just shaking with anger yeah, like, like you mentioned uh tom hardy brunson that's like i think i would just yeah. compare you to like tom it, hardy yep because I, I can very much it's very see, apropos yeah very very apropos see that in it um so where you mentioned that you were really big into like the japanese style of wrestling a lot mm-hmm. of that um was that some of like the earlier wrestling you were exposed to or all of my early wrestling was all wwf e mm-hmm. for anyone yeah like superstars uh, yeah, yeah like <laughs> Hogan, Warrior, Mach, Jake, Rockers, Rick Rude, all that stuff. And then um, I did not even really know about WCW, I think, until first I found ECW. Mm-hmm. And I learned about Raven and The Flock and Taz and Bam Bam. And uh, then I, a friend of mine as a kid told me that Raven left ECW to go to WCW. So <clears throat> when I was a kid, I just didn't watch a whole lot of TV. Like I would watch movies at night, but I watched two or three cartoon shows when I was outside. I was always playing. So we tuned into WCW one day and then I learned about all that. And then I like backwards learned about WCW through VHS tapes. And then I would see like these guys like Muda and Chono. And I'd be like, who are these guys? And then I found out about Japan backwards. So <clears throat> that's kind of how that happened. And then. 
I think it was in my early 20s, I got some sort of cable package and I accidentally found UWFI. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And like that was just like, that changed everything for me. Um, I didn't realize that there was that form, I guess how people would describe blood sport now where it's like mixed martial arts and pro wrestling mm-hmm. under one roof. And it was like, then they started doing the shoot guys versus the pro wrestlers, which was really cool. But that was kind of the, I guess the evolution or development or mm-hmm. however it kind Which, of fell into that isn't it the best accidentally discovering like really good wrestling like i i got into wrestling later than most of my friends did like growing up i was that kid who's like wrestling i'm too cool for that and then around 2004 2005 i discovered eddie guerrero mm-hmm. and just fell you know like in love with wrestling and it like i only knew i only knew of smackdown until someone's like do you watch raw as well and i'm like what there's another pro and then slowly from there like uh like people that i knew friends that i knew who were friends who fans of wrestling they were like yeah you love eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio have you seen any of their wcw stuff or mexico or japan ec and i'm just like what like where right. can i find all this so it's like discovering all that and like i accidentally discovered independent wrestling and when i was like ring ring of honor mm-hmm. what is this ring of honor and it's just like, I think it's like that with most people. I mean, it might be a little bit different now because there's so much wrestling. Like, I feel kids now, you know, they'll talk about all, you know, oh, PWG was the first thing I started watching. And so it's a little different because WWE is just there. But, like, now, like, as opposed to, like, when we were kids and you discovered everything else because they didn't have a streaming service or they weren't on cable. Um, but it was it's, just, it's fun discovering that. Like, I can go back and watch a young Eddie Guerrero and, like, you see you see over the years it's like oh okay you know it's that style still stuck there maybe he's gotten rid of a little bit of this stuff he used to do a little bit of that stuff but clearly like the same things he's done and he's just so good at it that like yeah you know it's like it it clearly yeah there's i think you were onto something when you said maybe there's a generational thing because i think growing up in like the vhs era especially as like a wrestling fan um yeah, like when I grew up, all I knew was like WWF superstars on Saturday. And then I kind of discovered WCW. But then like when you start expanding your knowledge of wrestling, you get like ECW tapes or FMW tapes. And something about that almost made your fandom feel more earned. Right now, everyone's got access to everything. And then some people just don't pay attention to maybe 75% of it just because it's there. Um but yeah, back then you really had to look for stuff, and uh, I think that really made a lot of really hardcore fans now that are my age. I'm kind of old, but um, but yeah. And now now that we've got like things like the network and stuff, we can go back and look back at stuff. But um, back then you really had to look hard for well, like to I, scratch your itch for wrestling. So I was for like again, I started watching. It was the Go Home Show before WrestleMania 20. And I remember it just everything's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 20. And I'm like, well, how do I watch this? You know, like we had cable, but my parents, they were just, they were Mexican immigrants that just watched their four or five channels. And that's it. You know, like they my, weren't. My grandparents were the same way too. Like they immigrated uh, from Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and they were, it was the same exact thing. Like, right? like L- they Lucha Libre News, music channels. And that was kind of it. Yeah. Like, and they, they weren't going to order, like if you... If you told them you were going to order a forty dollar pay per view, mm-hmm. nope, like that wasn't going to happen. Oh yeah, you know maybe it was like your birthday. Like that's how I got away with like, I'm like, listen, I I know SummerSlam's two months away, but like please for my birthday, and they'd be like, all right, 
that's fine. Yeah. Or like when WrestleMania was in Chicago, I'm like, listen, you guys can spend like $200 taking me there or we can order it for 50 bucks on the TV, <laughs> you know, and they're just like, all right. Um, but the one thing we like to ask everyone we have like on the show is, do you remember your first piece of wrestling merchandise? Cause it's always interesting. Like I, you know, Eddie Guerrero was my, my first wrestler that I, you know, I fell in love with. I was all about, so I had the, I'm your poppy Eddie Guerrero shirt. That's awesome. Yeah, that and like a John Cena shirt that was like, if you want some, come get some. The chain gang shirt. On the back, which as a sixth grader, everyone was like, uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't, what, like, what's so funny? I don't understand. And now growing, like now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, right. come on, you guys. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. So do you remember like what it was, whether it was just like, uh, you know, VHS tapes or. It was uh, definitely a Hulk Hogan action figure. And then I had the wrestle dummies. Mm -hmm. I had yep. a warrior wrestle dummy and I had a Hogan wrestle dummy. And then they started like making superhero wrestle dummies. They had a Spider-Man one too. <laughs> so I had a fatal four away uh, and I, uh, I won. Match. I won. If you can believe that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a Hogan toy. And then the very first one that I chose from a wrestling show was a diesel t-shirt a diesel t-shirt yes okay yes big daddy cool big daddy cool Big Daddy Cool. it was the black and white t-shirt that said diesel power and it, it was like his face faded with the sunglasses they yeah. those t-shirts with like their faces and them on it was like it's such a weird era of wrestling t-shirts <laughs> like uh there's always like, there's like an older Shawn michaels t-shirt which i always look at and i'm like i could not imagine like being like you're someone's dad you know and they're like dad can you please buy me this shirt with this like effeminate male stripper on the front right. of it you're a kid it's over your it's head a sexy yeah, boy no, on please. It. <laughs> it's, it's a sexy boy on it i really want that and like maybe if you knew wrestling you'd be like all right let's yeah. see that's a heartbreak kid yeah but like some dude who's just like what like why do you want that and that's always that's always like fun too like when you see like i like a lot of your like um wrestling shirts mm -hmm. because they don't look like wrestling shirts you know we were just talking about that today man mm -hmm. yeah we were just talking about that today real quick funny side story i'm gonna get right back to this mm -hmm. this has to be told the same event that i went to when i bought that diesel shirt i went with uh one of my best friends and he was a huge Shawn michaels fan and i was a huge diesel fan and this was after the split mm -hmm. you know i remember he went up to the you know we're, we're getting our stuff right i got the diesel glove um, and then I got the diesel shirt and he wanted to get the, the Shawn Michaels shirt and like these little heart Shawn Michaels glasses. Right. So he walks up and, you know, his mother says, fine, gets a shirt. His mother says that, uh, you know, he wants a shirt and his mother goes, no, you're not wearing a sexy boy shirt. All right. You're not wearing that. You imagine walking around with that what people are going to think. He had no idea. Right. And as I got older, mm -hmm. I thought about it. Right. She got it from anyways, though. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we both kept those shirts, which is actually hilarious. But yeah, I, I've still got like that Eddie Guerrero shirt. It's like, it's so faded to this point, sure. but I'm just like I can't get rid of it. It's my first one. No, do not. No, no you way, can't. man. You put a gym in your house or some sort of shrine or something for like positive energy or like mental function, and mm -hmm. and put that up in there. Hang it up. See that that's one thing I really like about you as well is that you're all about like, you know, like a lot of people they kind of see it as like oh that's some weird like kind of like hippie stuff but like that's not that's not the case at all nope and like i like that it's someone like you talking about it because i imagine people that don't know you see this tall handsome muscular man and they're like oh it's just some meathead like sure. what does this guy know about like positive energy and things like that but like for people who get to know you like that's clearly something that you talk about like even if someone just follows you like 
through social media like i think i think that's really cool because again it's i don't want to say it's like taboo Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where a lot of guys it's like oh no i have like if i'm quote-unquote tough i can't talk about this kinds of things you know like and so that's just always something like i've admired about you like again in the time that i've been following you sure yeah Yeah. no i mean when i started uh, developing this character and this was you know initially killer cross was developed as an absolutely unredeemable heel because that was the function that he was supposed to be using at the time i needed to get as much heat as humanly possible and be as totally soulless as possible to you know make sure our heroes you know their mm-hmm. you know their red cape was just a little brighter than the rest of the heroes you know what i mean and uh there are some people that you know were watching the show and believe me i, I had zero redeemable qualities you know in the performances and the matches and stuff they would reach out to me privately and tell me how much um the show was taking them away from things that were going on in their lives and i don't know why but like it just never occurred to me that pursuing my passion as a professional wrestler and performing in front of people it was going to do that for them that wasn't like a direct intention and then you know over the years i started to get that more and more and more and i was like this has become like so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Like we're actually all of us, like in the industry, are, are helping people. We are removing them from whatever is going on for a lot of time, and that felt really good. And um, as I was meeting people, like at autograph signings and stuff, and they were talking about their stories and stuff, I just thought, like you know, in the year 2019, I really don't feel the need to undermine the intelligence of people and try to oversell them that I'm actually killing people. <laughs> now. Disco is a very close friend of mine and a mentor, Disco Inferno, and he will go the opposite direction on that. He will tell, he will say, protect it at all costs. I don't think I'm giving it away when you when people hear me talking like this. Like people are not stupid, right? Um, I think that, and I don't mean this egocentrically. I'm just saying I think I'm good enough at my job that when the music and the cameras are on, the guy that is talking right now is not the person you're seeing or watching. Right. I can get in and out of this because that's my profession. That's my job. I think using my platform every so often to express those types of things that you're talking about. I mean, isn't, isn't real life a little bit more important than what's make believe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I can actually, if I can actually speak to people without actually speaking to them in person and and that can improve some part of their life. Like, why are we not doing that? Like as a human race, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to sound melodramatic, but just I've been able to reach out and touch a lot of people with this stuff. And, uh, I enjoy that. Like I enjoy that notion that we can help each other, especially in not to go deep into it, but like the socioeconomics and the politics of, of the age we're living in where media and everything like tribalizes and divides people like my personal stance on that. That's all BS, man. Like we're all, we're all neighbors in this race, dude. You know what I mean? Like that's not where we should be. And I don't necessarily have to touch on that and talk about that nonstop to remind people. I can do it in other ways where I can kind of, you know, breathe um, a grounded nature into people, you know, to be, I don't know, together, thinking together, living together um, without having to touch base on all of those things that are constantly interfacing news and music and whatnot. So that's kind of where that comes from. And I think that you can tell it comes from a sincere and genuine place. Yeah. I don't tell people to like me. I don't tell people what to think, but I, I make suggestive notions on solutions they could exercise as an ideology or a philosophy in their lives. And I'm glad it's doing something for people. Sincerely, and, I really am. And well, being like that kind of person, like if I'm if I'm someone who's listening to Kevin Cross mm-hmm. talk about how oh, there's the Killer Cross character who you know he does 
this you know a b and c mm-hmm. but this is who i am this is the genuine person i am these are the things i care about and if i say well fuck that's like a really genuinely really good person i'm gonna want to support that person sure because right. you know like with wrestling i mean if someone is like an amazing wrestler you know the best there is but they're a shitty person i don't want to support you don't want to be invested at all yeah good point. i don't want to be invested in them yeah, you know there's uh through working you know with pro wrestling tees there's been so many wrestlers that come in and out the store you know some of them have been really great mm-hmm. some of them i'm like ah I really wish I hadn't have met that person. Because they're old and bitter now. Because, you know, I mean, even not all of them are old and bitter, but just some of them are just bitter. And, like, you're someone, you kind of, like, uh, like, I get the same vibe that I get when I'm around, like, the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. Like, those two guys are just really, you know, they understand, like, they get it. That if you're, you're good, you got to treat your fans well. Mm -hmm. You got to be good to them because through their support you're able to live out this dream like how how well, like how crazy is it that you're a professional wrestler it's surreal all the time i i have friends that i watched on television and sometimes they just kind of like whoa where am i and what's going on right now how is this possible yeah that's gotta be a trip you know the odds of like all the television shows we grew up watching and then you're sitting in the same room with these people like it's it's a huge trip um it's surreal man this is what i've always wanted to do and I'm glad it took me this long to turn the corner to do it because I think I came in as a, as a more rounded adult and I think that mm-hmm. I have a better comprehension of things that younger adults in the business might not be able to comprehend as well in terms of engaging with people emotionally or intellectually and then on a business level too. Like I think I just, this man, it's so funny. It, it's kind of ironic. So the nature of this business is theatrics and theatrics could be, you know, describe someone as like a juvenile you Mm -hmm. know but that's like (laughs) this business is is not meant for juvenile people you really 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 need to have you know your alphabet in order to put it politely and uh pg it like you really you know what i'm saying like (laughs) you you can swear on the show uh, (laughs) um but yeah i just it's you you uh this business requires a lot of professionalism and maturity and then it, it allots you the time and space to be silly and juvenile and theatrical because that, that is, in a sense, what we're selling. But uh, I'm glad it, it took me this long to kind of pull the trigger on it and come in like that because I think I'm, I'm a better asset now in my own personal development as a man than I would have been in my early 20s. I was completely out of my mind. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we've touched upon it a little bit, but uh, comic books, mm-hmm. clearly it's an influence on you. What are uh, At what age did that really like start to come about? I grew up in an era where comics were at the gas station for a few cents, you know? So if I saw a comic book cover, whether it was Batman or Wolverine or Ghost Rider or Punisher or Daredevil, whatever it was at that time, X-Men, I was going to pick it up. The cover sold them the magazine, you know? And it's still like that with a lot of things now, marketing-wise. But um, I was, you know, looking at comics before I could even read. I think one of my incentives to learn how to read as a child is probably to learn what they were saying. Yeah. My parents used that, you know, like a lot of us, like any picture book, right? Yep. Um, so that's been around forever. Yeah. What are what are like like I I've always been really big into like Doctor Strange. Like I don't know what it is about like just like the mysticism about Doctor Strange and the fact that like every every so often there would be like another character that comes in like there's a it's called Triumph and uh, 
Torture, I believe, or it's a book where Doctor Doom needs to go to hell to get his mother's soul. So he like oh. recruits the help of Doctor Strange because they can only do it like one night a year. And when that was described to me, I'm like, what? That sounds like the most metal fucking book ever. <laughs> that sounds awesome, right? <laughs> and so, what is the name of the book? Plug that, dude. Triumph and Torment. I okay. I, I believe that's what it. I'm going to find that. That sounds awesome. I never yeah. saw that one. Yeah, and. uh like I, I very much enjoy like the early two thousands comic book movies when it just started to become a thing because for the most part it was just kind of like the cartoons that you had you know you mm-hmm. had the X Men cartoon, um, which like I was recently rewatching the other day like on YouTube that it's gonna be on the Disney Plus app but it's nice. not out yet so I was like rewatching some of the stuff and mm-hmm. very very dramatic mm-hmm. you know very like over the top I mean, it's just it's funny like as a kid you're like apocalypse showed up great what's gonna happen and like no next week they're just gonna solve it because like that was my issue that was my beef with uh i i love infinity war but when like all the promotional stuff coming started coming out for endgame people that weren't really like smartened up to how comics work or basic storytelling works were like they're just gonna beat them like yeah (laughs) like this that was always how the story was going to end sure like it's just how you know you introduce the bad guy bad guy gets one over bad guy gets defeated um so it was like very funny but i it's it's just funny how it's it's so relatable to wrestling because you guys put on your costumes and whether it's the good guy got the upper hand this time it's going to make you want to come back for more because with comics it's it's never it's always part one and two of a story very rarely do you get like and this is the definitive end of this character and that's that but even then you're still you know mm, is there still one more is there one more issue or, you know is there more one run that batman has because anytime any wrestler retires that's what you know oh okay like batista like batista yeah. oh yeah like, batista <laughs> said he retired but uh i don't believe it yeah, yeah. he'll be back i hope it's not true yeah i i, th- I think you take Drex on <laughs> um but what is like so you're more fan of like the recent Marvel movies or are you one of those uh, DC guys that that swear the Justice League is uh, a lot better than what it actually was? Because we try to be positive about all the stuff here and Justice League had its moments. You know, it, it was it was an okay film. If, if, I'm, if I'm being totally honest, um, I did not grow up on Justice League. Mm-hmm. However, I've been learning about Justice League through the films now. Mm-hmm. There something was amiss for me with Justice League as a kid. Mm-hmm. Although I did read uh I read Batman and Superman. So it wasn't that I wasn't in DC as much, but I felt like as a kid I had a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So vibrant colors really screamed at me. Like mm-hmm. as a, as a as a kid I loved Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. It was full of colors and screaming and running like that was me. Yeah. Like so I felt like the Marvel comics, um, okay, maybe not uh, Daredevil and, and Punisher, but like X Men seemed very vibrant. Yeah. Uh, X Force seemed pretty vibrant. So, yeah, I mean, I I guess I inadvertently read more Marvel than I did DC, but as I grew up, actually, I really learned to appreciate DC a little more because it was rooted in like science and. Uh, the Batman comics held more of an importance to me as I grew up because they were super analytical. Yep. You know, as a child where you just want to see quick images and pow, 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 you know, like the X-Men stuff that was there. You know what I mean? Everything was super explosive cover to cover. Uh, Batman had a uh, psychological and intellectual hook to it. I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, 
respectfully, I thought that a lot of the DC stories were better written than the Marvel ones in terms of like uh, intricacies, complications, and twists and stuff like that. I felt like there was uh, more of an emotional engagement from Marvel and more of an intellectual thought process with DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Writers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like with Batman, you got a little bit of Sherlock Holmes with him. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And the way I always looked at like the difference between DC and Marvel was DC was kind of, except for Batman, was mostly like a pantheon of like gods. So you had like Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and then Marvel did really well because they were always street-level people like Spider-Man yes. or Daredevil. So... Yeah. That's why I think like sometimes Justice League doesn't hit with people as well because it's just like Mount Olympus and that's just the gods. Of course they'll beat whoever, but like you look at like Avengers, these are real people that often have second jobs. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, and they're, no, totally. they're people. It's the human struggle. Totally. Well, like a lot of those DC animated movies are really good. Like that's something me and Dave talk about all the time. Where Batman Beyond, Batman and Beyond. the Red Hood stuff, the Killing Joke. Yep. I've seen Which all those. I like Michael Keaton. I'm pretty sure you could get him to come back as older Bruce and do like a, a live action that would be Batman Beyond. <laughs> yeah, because oh that God. that's one that I love that you brought that up. Yeah. It's not a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and it's like it remember even me like as a kid I'd watch it was like the older like Batman Superman cartoons, and like they were fun. But then I remember Batman Beyond came out. I was just like, whoa, yeah, like just the aesthetic of it was completely different, and the fact that it's like all right, well Kevin Conroy's still there like voicing Batman, so that's. It's not like they completely forgot about the past, but I, because it's weird with like the Batman movies. Every few years they reboot them, and yeah, like I've wished for the longest that like just give us a show. And I'm not talking Gotham because people bring that up. Like, give me like an HBO style show where this guy has a like the best rogues gallery, probably next to Spider Man. Yeah, just do you know 10, 12 episodes, introduce some of those guys like run it up i'd rather see 12 one hour movies instead of just one you know two and a half hour movie that might be good and if not then guess what three years you're getting a brand new batman yeah yeah and maybe that has to do with the monetary pursuit you know what i mean i don't know but i totally agree with you in a in a perfect world i'm gonna win that lottery and (laughs) come to hbo with this make it happen uh well as we wind down here where, where can people find you online we'll wrap up with that uh, I try to keep it real simple on all of the social media handles. It is real, Killer Cross with a K. And then I also have a website set up, killercross.com, and that has all of the uh, media. It's a YouTube channel that's attached to it as well that I've been uh, building for five years on the character's history. Uh, merchandise is on it, and a variety of other stuff. Check it out. Uh, really quick, I, I forgot to, to bring it up earlier. Um, since we were talking about comic books, we'll end it on a little lighter sure, note. Sure, sure. Uh, Marvel announced like their Phase Four, right? Phase Four, and then we thought Spider-Man wasn't coming back. Luckily, they uh, it's it's all wrestling, you know. It's all it always comes back to wrestling, and now he's coming back for the the two shows. It'll probably be more movies. Like right now, they're like, oh, it's just the the two Spider-Man movies, sure. or, you know. Um, but what are you looking forward to most from that? Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a Doctor Strange guy, and like just from the online rumors to like some stuff we've heard from people we know like i feel like that doctor strange movie is gonna be like the low-key uh like the biggest one from everything they've announced along with like all like the disney plus shows like i'm very much interested in like that wandavision show what are what are you looking forward to the most i'm looking forward to seeing uh how they're going to reintroduce uh the red skull back into the series because they were teasing him in avengers a little bit Mm -hmm. uh i think he 
you know, we were talking about unredeemable qualities as a villain. I think he is the most unredeemable yeah. villain of all time. Like, so he's important to have in a story when there's good versus evil. Um, seeing how he finds his way back, um, I would love to see, I'm hoping they find some sort of way to get uh, Venom and Spider-Man back into the films with... Uh, you know, like the the proper people playing them, uh, Carnage, Woody Harrelson. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that he finds his way into Marvel and a better wig because that post credit oh scene that was, was like, a crazy. One. I was yeah. like, what? I was like, did it, like the will the wig guy not come through that day? I don't know what the hell that was, but maybe they just wanted to look as out of you know out of his mind as possible. Mm-hmm. But um, I would like to see Fantastic Four make its way in if that's possible. I know there's a weird thing with Sony and Disney. I don't understand all of it, but I'm just looking to see. Uh, I want to see what they do. Like I'm, I'm, I have a general interest in everything they're going to be doing moving forward. I hope we see Punisher there, and I hope, um, I hope we see Crossbones come back somehow. Because maybe if time has changed or been altered or something, maybe yep. he found a way back. Because I was really getting into that character when they suited him up. I got really excited. Yeah, about that. that suit was dope. Yeah. yeah. Well, even there's like the the elevator scene that they like re, you know, they they redid mm-hmm. in Endgame, and like. It it made me go back to watch Winter Soldier because that's a movie a lot of people like praised so highly when it came out. And I remember when he showed up briefly in like Age of Ultron, I was like, "Come on!" I'm like, "You really couldn't keep him around for a little longer than like the first, the opening act where you just you know wreck him." Like the man had a building dropped on his face. Like there's there's some more you can do there with him and Cap. Um, but yeah, he that that's that's also real interesting. You yeah. kind of remind me of him too, man. Oh. It's, <laughs> I've I've taken some uh, inspirations from all that stuff. So, oh, fine, well, very cool. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully next time we talk, they've announced Phase Five because, like you said, I'm very much looking forward to them bringing in Galactus. Oh, and, Gal- I forgot about yeah, that. Galactus. And the real Galactus, not nuts. that like weird space cloud that they had yeah, in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that Fox one that they did, where it's like the easiest design. Yeah, he has the easiest, most simple design to do. You guys went with a giant space cloud. Yeah. Uh, briefly, we mentioned stupid Michael. Uh, yeah. I guess he's friend of the show. You know. He says a lot of stupid things. A lot of stupid things. We call him stupid Michael for a reason. One of the things he always says is uh, it pertains to someone very close to you. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll pull it more. I'll put it more eloquently than what he said. But uh, okay, I'm getting pissed. Go ahead. He's got the hot for your girl, man. Stupid Michael does. Stupid Michael. Yeah, he said. Uh, Scarlet could do a lot better, and by a lot better, he means him. Oh, really? And well, uh, we just wanted to see what your opinion was on that. Do me a favor, would you please? Yeah, anything. Um, and and don't don't uh, don't let the police hear this. You tell stupid Michael that I'm gonna hijack an armored truck and I'm gonna drive it through the fucking front wall of his living room. If I don't run him over, because I'm gonna try to. I'm going to walk into his house and I'm going to slam his fucking head through every single window in his house, okay? Every single fucking window. And then when I'm done, I'm going to hold his face in a fucking stove. Okay? Just let him know. As a favor to me, can you also destroy his Funko Pop collection? Funko Pop? Yeah. Where is it located in his house? All over his house. (laughs) It's all over his house. Okay. Just smash his face through everything. Listen, I'll okay. I'll send you pictures. So I didn't tell you exactly where it is because no, he's a piece of shit. He doesn't share the good ones with me. No, that's 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 inappropriate and that's very disrespectful. Yeah, he is a disgusting human being. Well, fuck, Michael, you're you're gonna be listening to you're this. You're dead, so. stupid, Michael. 
I'm coming for you. Thank you, Killer Cross, for being on the oh, show. My pleasure, man. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you to Killer Cross for that interview. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to talk more about like comic book stuff with him. Yeah, which is I think it's been one of the low key things to come out of here. It's like we've been getting all the comic book nerds. Yeah. Well, also, and like next time we have him on, because I'm sure we will um, talk more about like horror movies. Mm-hmm. Because um, that guy's got some horror movie influence strong. So. Oh yeah. Well, like we talked a little bit off the mic too yeah. about like some horror movie stuff, and I was yeah. that was one of those things where I was like. Oh, fuck, I wish we were still recording. Because yeah, well, that's the other thing. We could have talked probably for, what, like another good hour? Because mm-hmm. we were already late, and we were we were scheduled to do the live podcast, and we're looking at the clock, and like Vinny's messaging us. Like That's the thing you don't see during the podcast, obviously. We're, and we're like, we can't stop. This guy's talking, and it's going great. Like We thought we were getting a really short interview, but uh, it worked out for the best. I mean, great interview. Yeah, so shout out again, uh, Killer Cross, friend of the show. Yeah. Um, I think it's been what I say at every interview. It's one of my favorite ones. I don't, I, we haven't had an interview yet where I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Oh, <laughs> and congrats to Scarlett too. Scarlett was there yeah. uh, sitting with us and yeah, she just announced. She just got signed. Yeah. Um, speaking of, the, cause just because we're talking about Killer Cross, uh, are you familiar with Killer Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about dirt. <laughs> Holy shit. No, I fell in love with Killer Kelly. Yeah. It's just funny because she also has Killer in her name, which is why it came up. Yeah. But I I am very much in love with Killer Kelly. You see, my buddy Braden and I tend to fall in love about mm, every few days with somebody. Sure. And uh, Killer Kelly's my new uh, crush. But uh, we'll move on from Killer Kelly. And yeah. again, thank you, Killer Cross. Uh, we need to send them one of our, our fancy T-shirts. Yeah. He's so big and swath. It looks so yeah, much nice. Cut the arms out of that fucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but thank you again to everyone who listens to our show weekly. We uh, we love to give back to the people that listen to our show. Yes. And it's not anything big, but uh, we give away a T-shirt. And if I haven't hit you up yet about your T-shirt, let me know. Like I mentioned, we were pretty busy with uh, with the last customer appreciation sale that we had. Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to do my trying to do my darndest to get uh on it with uh ordering all you know getting all you guys t-shirts out so yeah i i, I but being the right guy. hand of the right hand there's only so many hands frank is at a wedding this weekend yeah and uh you're pretty much running the thing back there i am but you know what they don't call me the iron man i'm not yes. i'm not employee of the of, i'm not i'm not employee of the year for no reason you know yeah. i can handle it you yeah. can't see right now, but I'm flexing to yeah. to prove that I am it's very vascular man. and very vain uh, right now. Very vascular, <laughs> but yeah, we give away a T-shirt weekly, and it's very simple. All you gotta do is go to our Twitter at uh, pwtcast, uh, give us a follow, like, retweet uh, our pin tweet, which will be that week's episode. So this week it would be the Killer Cross one, yep. and uh, that's simple. We go ahead and pick a random winner every week. We've had such people as Clifford Fraser, yep, friend of the show, friend of the He's, show. Uh, I re- I got really happy. I don't know if you saw his tweet that he put out where he's, I think he said he was like driving or something and he heard his name he mentioned. Listening, yeah. Yeah. Which that's always one of my favorites. Yeah. Cause I know, uh, Trevor outlaw friend of the show mentioned him weekly. Just going to keep a tally of how yep. many times he mentioned him, but he'll like occasionally do that where he'll be like, yeah, I was working or I was doing this. And you know, we just, I'm like, awesome. Because I know I, you know, I typically listen to podcasts either at work or on my way mm-hmm. to work or something. And it's always fun. Just like, all right, I'm about to sit down and have a conversation with these two people. Hopefully people feel that way about our show. And uh, we love hearing all the feedback, you know, all the feedback that we get. Katie Faye, 
friend of the show. She's friend always show. yeah, she's always letting us know how much she loves our episodes, which yeah. is always fun. You yeah. know, her and the stunt man. Her yeah, her and the stunt man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we love them both here at the PWT cast. Um, but let's get to it. This week's winner of our t-shirt giveaway is uh, our boy Miguel Lopez at oh. that Miguel Lopez. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, he's uh he's always He's been around for a while, yeah. I don't, probably since the beginning. I, I always see that name pop up occasionally. So, Miguel, I'll be shooting you a DM, so just yeah. uh, keep your eyes open. Yeah, and again, these shirts, they're anything that we sell. It can't be like a, a meet-and-greet exclusive, obviously, but if it's in the store, online, or in our retail store, we got the hookup. We made an executive decision. and We got you. You want some, some Chicago colorways that you can only get in the store? We got you. You can get them at the PWT cast uh, contest. So, yeah. So, thank you everyone who supports us. Um, thank you for everyone who's been leaving like feedback too and giving us rating. Yeah. Helps with the algorithm. Yeah. That's I'm not what sure I which algorithm, but it helps. Uh, and now it's that time of the week where we get to our favorite segment. Yes. We <laughs> we look forward to this every single week. Oh yeah. Um, I believe it was our friend. Uh, might have been Cody. I believe not that Cody. Yeah. Another one of our listeners, Cody. Cody he, R. No. <laughs> yeah. Cody R uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. No, uh, our other friend Cody. He posted, uh, he like just quote tweeted our tweet and was like, "Dear Scrump and Stank." That and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like yeah. it's stuck in your head too. Um, that's what stupid Michael said that too. Whenever he gets up to pee, he's got the Scrump and Stank song. I'm like yeah, that's listen, right, I'm sure Michael. we're in his head twenty four seven. Yeah, that guy loves us. And you know he's gonna be on the Thanksgiving episode, Thanksgiving yep. week. We're gonna have fucking we have stupid Michael. So remember, if you have any questions you want us to ask him, please. Please just send them over to scrump at pwtcast.com. Yeah. We'll make sure to ask them. There's on no air. question too embarrassing or too banal. We really want to get to the root of why he's so stupid. You know, another thing I heard back, like a lot of feedback, was uh, us talking about Fred last week. He told yes. us about beautiful, uh, beautiful Jim Keys, the, yep. the smart horse. We're working on getting him as well. He's so scared, and I, th- I think he thinks it's a setup. Mm-hmm. But we're two good boys. We would never set him up. You know, he's trying to. He he keeps telling Matt and Nick that he wants to fight him, like jokingly. <laughs> yeah. Like he wants to box with him, and Ryan's trying to get that set up where he's oh. like, he, he he was talking about it earlier when he was still here. He's like, yeah, we're going to uh, set up set up the wrestling ring, and then uh, the winner gets five hundred dollars, like a boxing match with between Fred and uh, Matt and Nick's, which I am very much interested in seeing that, like. I didn't know there was a, a prize attached to this. I might uh, want to do a three-way boxing match and enter myself. Well, you would destroy everybody here. Of course I would. I think maybe Tyrone would be the only one who would put up no, a, a no. chance, but that's just due to his martial arts. The rest of us are, are young boys, young men. I don't know if you guys have seen me in person, but uh, I'm a very large, girthy man, and I feel no pain. You remind me of Vader. I'm like Vader, yeah. Yeah, you're like the Vader for yeah. wrestling tees. Uh, but yeah, uh, our favorite segment fan of the week this week we have a very special very special boy here at the shop uh xavier he has a uh, pro wrestling shoots yeah he yeah he's always filming stuff at random he's shows around a sweet here boy see when he first started here I, I told him the other day i was like man xavier i was like i love you dude he's like thanks man i was like but when you started here i fucking hated you it was mostly just because like uh he's too adorable well he was just like he's younger than all of us he's, up until him i was the youngest person who worked here and it wasn't because of that that i was like Ugh. yeah but it was just because I, I would make references to things he didn't under he's like i don't know jay and silent bob are dude like, what yeah and i'm you know he's like sorry i was born in like 97 and i'm just like well you shouldn't have been yeah uh <laughs> but yeah he 
I wanted to get him on here. He's fucking cool dude. Like I said, he shoots a lot of wrestling shows yeah. around here. Um, he's starting to do a little bit more stuff with the freelance. Like I know he's been filming their pre-show matches. Uh, so I wanted to get him on here to read Fan of the Week. So without further ado, here's Fan of the Week. Discrump and stank, I'm riding today to be the fan of the week. Your services suck, my order is fucked. Place this morning, I'm free. This is Xavier here from Pro Wrestling Tees and creator of Pro Wrestling Shoots. And I'm reading the Fan of the Week email from Jeff. He's from Parts Unknown. I just got the shirt in the mail this week. And, oh wow, the print on this is super low res and artifacted like crazy it's incredibly unpleasant to look at like this is super disappointing i really wanted to buy a cool shirt to support aew and flash it around when i visit japan next month but i'm like ashamed to even wear this can we do anything about this was this a printing error the aew logo looks super bad can i get an inner circle tee as a replacement maybe i don't know let me know what you think. I guess. Ugh. Have a nice day. Thank you to Xavier for reading that. Um, it's funny too because since he works here, a lot of the times when Maggie will send me the the fan of the week emails, I'll be like, "Yo, check this out." I know he's been wanting to get on here too yeah. for a while, so very happy we could get that done. Uh, and yeah, listen, if you're in the Chicagoland area and you need someone to help you uh, shoot something. Hit him up on Twitter. I'll go ahead and put his uh, his info in the description for the podcast. So, yeah. can- And also, if you're in Chicago and you want to read a Fan of the Week, we've had a couple requests, actually, from some friends of the show. Yeah. Let that, us let uh, us know. I know, Katie Fabe, we're going to get you on. I swear. I promise. Yeah. Actually, it'd be perfect to get her on for next week's episode because uh, she's actually friends with these people. Next week, we're going to have uh, – so during the Horror House weekend yep. – um, I had the I had the opportunity to record with uh, Zach Shilwalker, Wes Allen, and Cash Allen uh, after the show because we did yeah. a live show with them, and then uh, I took them to Nando's. They never been to Nando's before. Yeah. Took them pretty in, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, took them, got some Nando's, and then we went back to their hotel and recorded for a bit. Uh, and it's it was just like a really longer podcast. Cash at one point falls asleep. Yeah, you know, poor boy. He was he was tuckered out. Yeah, it was just an old guy hanging. He was like. Ugh. Yeah, and like I stuck around with a little with, for a while, kind of t- getting to talk with Zach and and Wes, and it was more so like I don't want this to end because like they're such cool dudes, and just getting to know them, getting to talk with them, yeah, you know, super cool. Um, so it's a it's a little bit of a longer episode, and it's just more like I don't know, just I don't want to say us talking our feelings, but just it's a different episode. Yeah, it's still a good episode nonetheless. Also, speaking of them, we gotta we gotta. Uh Maybe something brewing on Twitter. Uh, there was a there was a call out saying who wants to be in my next movie. Oh yeah, so Zach, he's yeah. uh, he's a director. You know, he makes movies, and I told him I was like, listen, me and David Stankin over here, we are Matt and Nick Jackson at yeah. the Sears Center in 2018. We are all in. Yeah, you know, we are Bandito and Kota Ibushi in the main event of All In. We yeah. are fucking all in. And he was like, right on, and you know, we're we're doing like little gif reply so who knows something may happen you may we're gonna be the stars uh, of powerbomb too yep 
yeah, electric we're gonna, boogaloo. Listen, we've been, you know, making a lot of things happen. And yeah. I've talked about it before. People who know me, Vivian, friend of the show. Sure. She's always listening. She knows how long I've wanted to just like make movies. Yeah. And you know what? 2020 will be the year that we're making it happen we're making we're making moves we're making things happen so uh, yeah next week's episode would be uh, the trio of cash allen wes allen and zach Showalker. um but go go if this is your first time listening go back and listen to some of our other episodes you know like i mentioned fed marty DeRosa, sarah shockey we had people here at the shop julio guerra comic book artist yeah. we've had frank spahik who's uh what's his role again he's the uh vice president of worldwide operations he's the right hand of mr pro wrestling teams himself ryan barkin we've not had ryan on yet yeah. and we, we got vinnie malavi yeah we um, got vinnie the sexy vampire one hour very tease. Sexy vampire. uh yeah we've had a lot of people so go back and you know into our archive listen to the people we've had i listened to the kevin smith one yesterday i feel so gross whenever <laughs> i go back and listen to myself and kevin dog but it's just so weird it's like a special treasure for you it's like a special treasure but uh <laughs> We've been talking for a while now. Yeah, I don't got anything else to say. I've got nothing else to say either, so we'll just uh, go ahead and take it over to our friend Kenny Omega. But uh, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say, and so, well, we must bid you adieu. So, until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.